Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. All right, all right. We're going to have some fun today. I'm so excited that you're here. And uh, Pastor Kerry, he really made sure that I would not forget to invite you and to encourage you not to miss our Legacy Gala. It's coming up next Sunday night, March 4th. Everybody say March 4th. I just need to make sure you're awake in this first service this morning. March 4th, it's coming up. And listen, it is a free event, but we do need you to get a ticket. We need you to RSVP because we're going to have some great appetizers for you. We're creating an atmosphere that I think you're just going to love. You get to get a little bit dressed up for this event. I mean, you don't have to go ball gowns or anything, but you get to get dressed up. It's going to be fun. Some of you are like, getting dressed up is not fun. Just make it fun this time. And we're going to come together as a church. And we're getting everybody together in one place. We rented a loft space at the Union Market in the Kaleidoscope. And I'm telling you, it's going to be so much fun. But even bigger than that, this is such a great opportunity for us as a church to get together. And we're going to talk about vision and the vision that God has given us for the Movement Church for 2018. And you do not want to miss it. We're going to just be finishing up this series that we we started all in. Today's the last message. I get to preach it. I'm super excited about it. But we're just going to be talking about at the Legacy Gala what it is to go all in. And so I want to challenge you. Don't miss this event. Make sure you text the word legacy to the number that's on the screen. It'll send you right to the link and you can grab your ticket, grab a ticket for your spouse and come and join us next Sunday night, March 4th at 7 p.m. because I'm telling you, it really is going to be a night to remember. So you don't want to be the one that misses it okay everybody in all in all right all in hey I'm so excited to get to share with you this morning it's so funny because I've been praying for this service and and just praying for what God wants to do and I'm really excited about sharing this message with you this morning because I know that it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with God so I really hope you'll open your heart to what God has to share with you this morning and And this whole series has been about us going all in. And the the concept is based off of poker. You know, when you have all your chips on the table and you slide them to the middle of the table, it's because the cards you're holding in your hand, you believe those cards are worth the risk. And what we've been challenging you as a church in is that going all in with God, going all in in the church really is worth the risk you can count on the fact that it's the best decision you could ever make. But I do think that we live in a generation where we want the all-in payoff, but with a half-in investment. And, you know, I just want to challenge you. God has something more for us than that. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 through 38 says this. Somebody asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was to follow, and Jesus replies, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And there's a word in there that just, it matters. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. 
all your soul, all your mind. And I think sometimes we wonder, well, what does that actually look like? And I just want to challenge you that what that looks like is I love what God loves. If you were here on week two, I talked about the church and how much God loves the church. I love what God loves. I'm invested in what he's invested in. And I am living like he created me to live. That's what it looks like to love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know, the first week of this series, Pastor Kerry just shared with us that God's heart is for the lost. So I'm going to invite people to come with me to church because that's the heart of God to say, I'm going to go out and find people, not just my friends that I know are already Christ followers, but I'm going to find people who are in desperate need of hope, who are in desperate need of an understanding of who Jesus is. And I'm going to invite them to come and find out about it. Why? Because God's heart is for the lost. God's heart is for his house. That's the church. We talked about the fact in week two that the church is the bride of Christ. He loves it. He gave up everything for it. And so if God loves the church, then I'm going to love the church, which means I'm going to be there. I'm going to show up. I'm going to lean in because I'm expectant for something, right? And God's heart is for me to walk in purpose. God's heart is for you to walk in purpose. And last week, Pastor Kerry unpacked this. His heart is for us to walk in purpose, so you know what? I'm going to serve. And many of you signed up to join teams last week because the dream team at the Movement Church is the heartbeat of who we are. It makes things happen around here. And there's nothing that you can do in more collaboration with Jesus than loving and building his church. There's nothing. And today, we're going to talk about the fact that God has a heart and a plan for our finances, and it has everything to do with our giving. And you know, it's so funny because most pastors or leaders get nervous or uncomfortable when they come to preach a message about giving. And, and you're like, well, Pastor Megan, I'm a little bit nervous because I went all in and I invited someone to church and now you're going to talk about giving. And I'm like, yes, I get it. Welcome. Glad you're here. <laughs> you know, it's so funny that we get so nervous about this. And I hear people talking all the time about how all the church does is talk about money. And, and here's the thing, let's be honest. It's a lot of what we talk about too, right? It's a lot of what you talk about. In fact, a lot of your fights are probably having to do with finances. And, and a lot of the motivators behind your actions have to do with finances. So we all talk about it. And the Bible talks about it a lot. And the thing about today is, is, is I, I'm excited to tell you what the Bible says. I really am. You know, as I was getting ready for this message, I was online and just kind of studying some things, and I stumbled across this picture of this deer in Colorado. And this poor deer must have run through somebody's front yard and gathered up all their Christmas lights on his antlers. And you know, when we look at this picture, I know all the animal lovers in the room are going, we need to help that poor thing out. You're just looking at it going, we've got to get those lights off its antlers. And that's because you live in California and you don't know that that's a mule deer. And mule deers, they, they're not going to be very nice if you approach them. In fact, they're going to buck and kick and try to hurt you. 
And this is kind of how most pastors feel when they start to talk about giving. It's like, I'm just trying to help. Like, I just want to help. You can laugh about that a little bit, can't you? That's how most of us feel. But you know, I'm really excited this morning to share with you around giving because it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with God and the plan that I believe he has for you. So if you're visiting with us today or if you call the Movement Church home, can I teach you something that will significantly affect your life and relationships? Thank you for that. (laughs) Can I? All right, let's do this. Let's pray, and we're going to dive right in. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Jesus, I just come before you right now. God, I thank you for every person in the room today. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are here. God, I thank you that that already in a time of worship, God, that you've just leaned in close, reminded us that you're for us, that you love us, that you're not going to leave us. God, I thank you that we can count on your word. So today, as I teach your word, I just ask that you would open our hearts to receive and our ears to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, how many of you have kids in the room? Anybody? A couple of you. How many of you were a kid at one time or another? You should all be raising your hands, people. All right. (laughs) My daughter, Brooklyn, she's actually here on the front row. She's 14 now, so this is uh, a long time ago, the story that I'm going to tell. But when she was little, I'll never forget teaching her how to swim. And Pastor Carrie and I were determined when she was like two and a half, three years old, we were going to teach this little girl how to swim. And I'll never forget because Brooklyn to this day is still the timid, test the water first kind of swimmer. You know, Pastor Carrie talked about that last week. She's going to see how cold it is before she jumps in. And at that time in her life, she was so afraid of what was going to happen when she jumped into the pool and went underwater. But the thing was, is her dad, Pastor Carrie, was in the pool, in the water, calling for her to jump in. He was standing there with his hands raised going, come on, Brooklyn, you can do it. You're going to love it. You're going to love being able to swim. He's like, I've got you. I'll catch you. And I'll never forget. I mean, it was probably, it was probably more than an hour. Like the patience that was required. I wanted to just go like kick her in. The patience that was required was crazy. But Pastor Carrie stayed in that pool because we were determined, like, she's going to love this. She's going to love swimming. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. But what she didn't understand at that moment was that she was in the safest situation she could ever be in by jumping in to her dad. Because this was the one moment in her life where she could jump in that pool and go completely underwater, and her dad was right there to pull her right back up, right? There is something about understanding that when we go all in, that we have a father in heaven who is going, come on, you can do it. It's going to be the best thing you've ever experienced, and it's the safest thing we could ever do, trusting him. Just like the safest thing that Brooklyn could ever do was jump in the pool to her dad. Now, Avery, on the other hand, she, she went all in in all the wrong ways. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. That child, from the moment she could walk, when she was in a diaper, if we were near a pool, she would just toddle up to the edge of the pool and step in. And she'd be drowning under the water. Like, literally, she's underwater, sinking, and looking up at us, smiling. (laughs) 
until one of us either jumped in the pool fully dressed to pull her out or somebody reached in and grabbed her. That was her life. And I think many of us can relate to this because we go all in in a lot of places. You're going all in somewhere. You're going all in somewhere, whether it's in your job, whether it's in a relationship that you're putting your whole heart and soul into, whether it's in your, I don't know, building a house and it's taking all your time and your skill set and your motivation. I don't know, but we, we go all in somewhere, right? And Avery, she just went all in in the wrong way. And I think some of us, we find ourselves kind of like Avery, smiling like completely unaware that we're drowning because that was not a safe situation to put ourselves into. Whereas when her dad was in the water and Avery could jump into the water to her dad, he's got her, right? And I just want to challenge us as a church that we have a father in heaven who is saying, can you trust me? Can you trust me? You can't go wrong on my word and what I say. You've got a heavenly father in heaven who's going, can you trust me? And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it's been my favorite for as long as I can remember, is found in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all. We're using that word a lot, aren't we? With all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you what path to take. I love this verse. It's always been my favorite. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on what you think you know, but just let him direct your path, and he'll show you what steps to take. This is exactly what it means to go all in. It's exactly what it means. Not to lean on my own thoughts, not to lean on my own opinions, my own knowledge, but to take God for his word and to trust him. And you know, it's really interesting how this verse continues. It continues on in verse 7 through 8. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Listen, don't think you know it all. Don't think you've got it all together. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. What's that saying? To fear the Lord means to reverence him, to honor him. It's saying, I'm going to turn from what is a wrong way of thinking, and I'm going to turn and follow God. And then you will have healing for your body and strengthen your bones. You see, I love this because one of the things I think we worry about a lot as individuals is our health. And Jesus starts out with trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart, continues to give some instruction, don't think you know it all, turn from evil, turn to God, follow him, there's a promise of health attached to that, and then it goes on with something else that I think God knew would be challenging for us. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best other versions say the first part of everything you produce, and then he will fill your barns with grain, and your vats will overflow with good wine. And somebody in the room said, amen. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But the Bible, the Bible was written to a community of people who were an agricultural society. So agriculture was their means of monetary exchange. So you need to understand when he's talking about honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first part of your produce, he's talking about the first part of really their money, their means of income, their wealth, the thing that they're going to exchange for other goods. He's saying honor the Lord with your wealth. And I think it's so interesting that this scripture starts out with trust in God with all your heart. Don't just trust yourself. 
Don't think you've got it all figured out. But then it goes on right to one of the most challenging areas for us to trust God with, right? One of the most challenging areas for us to trust God with, and that is in our finances. And I think that God knew that this would be hard for us. And so he's just saying, let me set the grounds for you. Trust me. Trust me, and I'll direct your path. Just like Carrie sitting in the pool was going, come on, Brooklyn. Go all in. Jump in. Trust me. I've got you. It was the safest thing she could ever do. And I love that this scripture teaches us that there's a promise of provision attached to our trust and obedience to God. And this whole series is based upon the verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This whole series is based on that. That's how we go all in. And did you know that there's a scripture in the Bible that actually tells us how we can know if God has our whole heart? Are you ready for it? Matthew 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's a direct connection from my finances to my heart. When I give, it is a sign that God has my whole heart. This is the one sign that the Bible talks about. It doesn't talk about the other. It talks about serving God and loving God and honoring him and using our gifts. But this is the area where God says, trust me in this. Trust me in this. And this is the sign that he has our whole heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, in the book of Malachi, which is in the Old Testament, and it's written by a, a prophet named Malachi, and there's some debate over whether or not that was his real name, but that doesn't matter for right now. And as he wrote this book, he was writing to the Israelites, and, and he was talking to them about restoring a covenant relationship between God and his people. So this whole book is about God wanting to restore a covenant relationship with his people. So God actually wants to be in relationship with us. And we see in this book, Malachi, we see how crucial our giving and our heart is to God. In Malachi 3, verse 6 through 12, it starts out like this. From the days of your fathers, you've turned aside from my statutes and you've not kept them. What he's saying is, listen, your past, the story of your past is that you really have not been obedient to me. Not just you, but your, your fathers and your father's fathers. You haven't been obedient to me. And then God says, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. This actually goes right along with James chapter 4, 4, where it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But it says, but how shall we return? And I just wonder if the people were going, how, how should we return? Like, we're here, God. Maybe many of us are going, well, what does this actually mean for me? Like, I showed up. I'm here at church. Aren't I, God? And God's saying, return to me, and I'll return to you. And then he says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me nervous. Because if there's one person I don't want to rob, it would definitely be the God of heaven and earth. Like, for real. That's like the one thing I don't want to do. But it says, how, how could we be robbing you? And he says, in your tithes and contributions. And then it goes on, you're cursed with a curse because you're robbing me. 
the whole nation of you. So listen, here's the instruction. Bring the full tithe. And for those of you who aren't aware of what that means, tithe is a, just a fancy word for 10%. It's the first 10% of anything that we have made, the wealth that God has entrusted us to make. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. There's this promise of God providing. And then it goes on in verse 11 and says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that, you, so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and so that your vine shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. This is a promise of protection. And verse 12 says, then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. It's this promise of blessing. See, there's a promise in the word of God directly connected to our faithfulness with our finances. It's a promise of protection, provision, and blessing, but it's attached to our obedience. And we'll come back to that. But I love that in this portion of the scripture, we realize that Everything that we have really is God's. It would be like me standing here right now and Crystal sitting on the front row. And I meant to have money on me, and I don't. So I don't know if anybody wants to have money that they want to hand me. Um, Crystal's like, I've got money. Okay, look, we're going to do this backwards then. You give me whatever you have. It's a trick. I just want to go to lunch today. I don't know. Do you get it back? All right. She's handed me $40. So, Crystal, thank you for this $40. I'm, I actually wanted to take my kids to lunch today, so this is working out perfect. It's all playing into it. And uh, so here's what I'll do for you. Uh, if Crystal comes up to me now and she goes, Megan, I, I don't mind you taking the $40. I, in fact, I want to bless you with it, and you can take the kids to lunch. You can do whatever you want to with it. But could you just return to me $4 of it? Because I just need the first $4. That'll help me put gas in my car today for a mile <laughs> in California. <laughs> and she's saying, she's saying, can you just give me back the first, the first $4 of it and the rest you do with it what you want to, right? I'd be crazy to be like, Psh, no, it's mine. Because it's not mine, it's Crystal's. It belonged to her in the first place. And here's the thing, God has entrusted us with the ability to make wealth, and he doesn't ask us to return all of it to him. He just asks us for the first part. He just says, return the first part, and then he trusts us to steward the other 90%. And you know, I promise I'll give it back. <laughs> you know, when we talk about the tithe, we often feel like we're being so generous with God. But that would be like, if I gave Crystal $4, I'm like, I'm so generous. I'm so generous. I'm giving you this $4. It's her money. It's her money. When we realize that we're not actually just being generous with the tithe, we're being faithful. We're being obedient. We're returning the part that God says is his. Listen, when we realize that it was never ours to start with, it's not hard to part with. I can hand this back to Crystal right now, and we're going to be okay. In fact, go ahead. Come on. It's a good illustrated message right here. I have no problem handing it to her because it's not mine. It's hers. And that's how God trusts us with our finances. When we actually realize that it was never ours to start with, it's not hard to part with. And the tithe is the first part. It's the first 10%. And John 14, 21 
It says this, Jesus is saying this, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Does God have your whole heart? Are we walking in obedience to him? Giving is a sign that God has my whole heart. I want you to take a look at this story from a couple in our church about tithing. Throw that to Brandon and Nicole. Growing up, I did not grow up in the church, so I didn't understand tithing at all. Uh, when I started going to church in my teen years, I always thought of it like if I had $5 or $10, I would put it in the offering plate, but I didn't really understand the principles of tithing. I even went to a Christian college, still didn't get the concept of tithing. It was really difficult for me. And then we started attending the Movement Church. At the time, my boyfriend Brandon was really serious about it, having grown up in a family that tithing was a priority. Yeah, and, and my parents were super serious about tithing, and I didn't really get it. I just see people giving money, and you know, I had $10 in my wallet at the time, so I would you know give $10. And my parents sat me down one day and said, hey, you really need to start getting serious with with tithing and you need to start giving 10% of your income. They said, you're stealing from God. And that scared me from at, at that time. And I was like, well, I don't wanna be stealing from God. Now, you know, I'm not acting out of fear, I'm acting out of trust. And God's blessed us in you know, so many amazing ways that I can't even imagine. And it's been such a great thing for us. In the first six months after we started tithing, um, Brandon got a job that allowed him to move to Orange County and we were engaged at the time, so that was perfect. In the year and a half since we started tithing, our pay has increased by $40,000. We had the wedding of our dreams because people were generous and we were able to pay uh, for it based on those increases. And it's just amazing to see what God's done in our lives. I wanna challenge anyone that's struggling with the idea of tithing to just give God six months. He mm -hmm. will show himself faithful. He always does. Uh, you'll be amazed at what he does in your life when you really trust him with your finances. God definitely wants something uh, for you, not from you. And if you just really trust him, um, he's gonna bless you in so many ways. You really just gotta go all in and see what he has in store for you. I love it. I love it. Come on. What a good, what a good story there. I love that Brandon shared that he went from being motivated by fear to being motivated by trust, right? There is something about going all in with God. When I go, God has my whole heart. When I give, it shows that God has my whole heart, and it also shows that my trust is in him. Again, that trust version. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding your own thoughts and ideas your own ideas of how it's all going to work out but trust him and he'll direct your path and i love brandon and nicole's story just saying listen you just have to trust him and go all in nicole said come on just give god six months to show off god's faithful to his promises this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with god he's got something great in store for us you know proverbs eleven twenty eight tells us that whoever trusts in his riches will fall and i thought wow so often we put our trust in how much money we have in the bank and, and all the, the things that we're saving for in the future, which is a good thing to do. What I'm not saying is don't be wise with your finances. What I'm not saying is don't work a budget. I'm just saying at the top of the budget, put in the first part that is God's and trust him with that and he'll be faithful to it. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear. How often do we get nervous or afraid about finances? 
How are we going to pay for that? Will we have enough? What about the kids in college one day? What about retirement? How often do we get paralyzed by fear and try to hold on to and control what we have? When really this scripture is saying, no, if your trust is in God, then you can trust that his word is true and you can put your faith in him and not in what you have. And he will take care of your needs. He is faithful to that. I love this because God in the Bible, it says he is not man that he could lie. He's not man that he could lie. He is God and he has to be faithful to his word. He has to be. He is the word. He's God. So the thing that you can know is when you trust him, he is always faithful to his word. And he has a strategic plan for our finances. He wants us to be blessed. He does. But it involves our giving. And so we've got to trust that the God of heaven and earth, he doesn't just need our money. He owns everything. He's in charge of everything. And we've got to trust that the God of heaven and earth can do more with our 90% than we think we can do with our 100%. When we trust him with the first part, it makes a difference. But trust is easy when things are good when we can clearly see how it's all gonna work out. Trust is easy when things are good, but trust is challenging when we can't see clearly. Trust is more challenging when we don't know, when we don't have control, but that's where God wants us to trust him the most. Would you take a look at Jordan's story? So I kind of grew up in a household that uh, tithed, me and Chris both, Chris is my husband. And so my whole life, even as a young adult, I tithed and that was just something that I knew was of importance. And um, once we got married, we just continued that in our marriage and made that something that was important to us. And so um, coming to the Movement Church, it was nothing different. We just knew that we wanted to be faithful with what God had blessed us with and to give him the first 10% of what our income was. And so we've continued to do that even when times are challenging, which they are at times and God has remained faithful. And we've seen that time and time again. And um, about three months ago was probably the hardest experience we've ever walked through financially. We had um, probably $80 to our name. We didn't have any money coming in. We didn't have any money set aside and we had $80. And it was this choice of, do we remain faithful in tithing that $8? Um, and for us, it was this moment of uncertainty of what do we do? And I remember us having this conversation of, and just being like, yeah, this is not ours. And he can do more with that than we can do with this $80. And so, um, through those three months, October through December, we just chose. So it was $10 was coming in. We would do that $30, $50. And we just continued to do that. And, um, in the month of January and February, God just, literally blew our minds with how faithful he's been Um, just time and time again just showing us that he saw us in those moments and I think for us it was it was just this decision to remain faithful even when it felt silly and insignificant to tithe the eight dollars just trusting that that he can actually do more with what we give him than what we can on our own and so um, I'd really just encourage you to, to just step out if you've never tied before and you, you don't really know what it's about to, to press in and just find out what that's about because God is so faithful. He's so constant. He's one of those things that you can never have to worry about because he is so true to his word and his promise always stands. 
And so I really just encourage you to just step out and just just test him in that. He asks you to do that. Test him in that. And he will be faithful in, in just giving you blessings beyond your imagination. I love it. I love Jordan and Chris's story because they were in a moment where they were choosing to trust God when they couldn't see clearly how it was all going to work out. Uh, they are self-employed and, and really incredibly successful at what they do, but it was in a season where it was challenging. And I love, as Jordan tells her story, that they had a choice to make. Everything that they could see was, I don't know how this is going to work out, but they decided, you know what, I'm not going to put my trust in what I know or what I can see. I'm going to put my trust in God and what his word says, and I'm going to hold on to the fact that he's going to be faithful. When I give, it demonstrates that God has my whole heart. It shows that my trust is in him. And listen, when I give, it unlocks God's blessing and his provision. You know, I, I'm like Jordan. I've tithed my whole life. I'm teaching my kids how to tithe when they make money. And it's a lot easier for me to teach Brooklyn that she is responsible to return to God the first $4 of her $40 than it is for somebody as an adult to come in and go, you, God wants me to return 400 of the 4000 That's a bigger investment, right? But this is what I know. As challenging as that may seem, and I can't tell you how God does it, I just know that when we are intentional to obey his word, he is intentional to keep his word. He is always faithful. And so I can tell you that that intentionality in our finances unlocks God's protection, his provision, and his blessing. Malachi 3, 10 through 12 tells us this. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Listen, it's talking about the church. It's saying, bring the tithe in, not because the church needs your money, not because God needs your money, but because this is the plan that God had all along for our finances. And he says, I know this is going to be hard. So this is one area in the Bible where God actually leans in and goes, test me, try me, try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, and see. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing for you until there is no more need, I'll rebuke the devourer for you. What's that saying? Listen, it's saying there is a promise of protection over what you do have. There's a promise of protection so that it will not destroy the fruit of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Listen says, then all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. There's this promise in the word of God. God knew it was going to be challenging for us, but he's saying, listen, if you'll just remember that it was never yours in the first place, and all I'm asking you to do is bring the first part of it and return it to me, and you can test me in this and see if I won't open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing till there is no more need. And listen, this is not a give-to-get message. I think that is the wrong heart and the wrong attitude. If we talk about giving so that I can get, that's, that's a problem. That's, that's not the right heart. This giving is saying, I want to be obedient to God. I want to go all in. And it just so happens that when I do that, that God promises a blessing. 
It doesn't promise exactly how it's going to all pan out. But the one thing I can tell you from experience is that God has always taken care of us. And my family has always tithed. And that doesn't mean there haven't been times where we've struggled, but in moments of need, I've taken God to the bank. And I've said, God, I am giving. I'm returning the first part to you. And your word told me you have to take care of the rest. And every single time he does because he's faithful. But listen, I don't want to be the one that stands up here on a platform and motivates you to give. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly. And don't give in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So listen, I stand here with no agenda other than to teach you that this is what God's word and his plan is for you and your finances. I want to just tell you something that may be off the walls to tell you, but the movement church, the movement church does not need your money. I don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. <laughs> he just wants your heart. And part of his plan is that we bring the full tithe into the storehouse, which is the church. You know, one of the reasons I believe the movement church has never known lack, and that doesn't mean there haven't been moments where we've struggled, but one of the reasons I believe this church has always seen the hand of God on it is because since day one, we have tithed as a church. We've never missed it, not once, and we never will. And it doesn't matter how many dollars come through, every single dollar that comes through, 10% of that goes right back out right back out into missions. And you know what? We pray about what we're going to do above and beyond that because that's an offering. And that's going, God, this is not ours. This is yours. And we want to do with this what you have for us to do with this. As a church, we tithe and we go above and beyond. In the first year and a half, we were able to invest $22,301.40 into missions to make a difference because we are going to be faithful to bring the tithe. And let me just tell you, in that first year as a church, we didn't always know how we were going to pay our bills. We didn't know. We were being good stewards of everything that came in. Good stewards, faithful to bring the tithe, faithful to manage the rest. But there were some seasons, you guys, where as a church, we didn't know how we were going to pay rent. And I'll never forget, we had sent out the tithe check to Children's Cup and to the other places that we invest in as a church. And Rent was due as a church in the theater that we were meeting in originally, and, and we were looking with our finance director at the bank account, and, and we didn't have what we needed. And I'll never forget, Carrie and I took a moment, and we prayed. And we said, God, this is your church. This isn't ours. This is your church, and we're being faithful, so you're going to have to take care of this. And we took our kids, and we went to the movies. <laughs> I think we had a gift card. <laughs> We went to the movies, and we got out of the movie, and Carrie's phone had been going off over and over and over again. And he, he picked it up and called our, our finance director at the time, and, and he said to us, Pastor Carrie, you're not going to believe this, but a $6,000 check just showed up in our account, and it covers everything that needs to be covered, and we don't know who it's from. And Carrie went home, and he began to, like, Google stock this person's name, trying to figure out, who is this? How did God do this? And he got home, and, and we're looking, and we're looking. We finally find this man, and he lives in Tennessee. 
And so Carrie finds a phone number and calls him and, and says, Sir, I don't know what prompted you to give to our church, but we're so grateful. God has used that in a significant way. And this man said, you know, my son was stationed at Camp Pendleton. And he came to church one Sunday before he was deployed, and he gave his life to the Lord. And I just knew that I wanted to reinvest. But here's the thing. God did that. God's faithful to his word. He'll never go back on it. Last year as a church, we gave $108,000.74 to missions. That is worth, it's worth getting excited about. And listen, that was above and beyond our 10%. In fact, it was almost 20% because God prompted us and challenged us as a church to invest and to give. And God has never let us down. And do you know that only 10% of people who call themselves believers actually tithe? And I use the word believers because it's one thing to believe in God, but followers follow him. Followers obey. And do you know that if every Christian in the United States, if every Christian in this nation actually was faithful to bring the tithe, that we wouldn't need the welfare system, that the church could actually be the solution for people in need? Do you know there, there will always be vision that far exceeds the finances? And do you know what the Movement Church could accomplish in Orange County if every single person who called the Movement Church home just said, God, I'm going to take you at your word and I'm going to be faithful with the tithe? Do you know? But the bottom line is, is we don't want something or need something from you. I'm preaching this message because I want something for you. Love from God, the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God is free. It's a free gift for all who believe. But his promises are attached to our obedience. I've got one last video for you, and then we're going to close.
I love it. I love it. You know, there's two testimonies that I hear when I hear about tithing and about giving. And people who tithe would say, I don't know how God does it, but I'm blessed. And then there's also a testimony that says, I can't, I can't afford to tithe. And I just want to challenge you. You're never going to be able to afford it until you do. Because tithing is what unlocks God's blessing and provision. And you can't walk in that until you obey. But I can tell you this, if you will take the faith of tithing and the wisdom of budgeting, you will never know lack. So I want you to ask yourself the question, does God have my whole heart? Do I trust him? And if you trust him, you can walk in the blessing and the provision and the protection that he is so faithful to bring. And you heard so many people's testimonies. There's many more represented. We could talk for hours. In fact, I've gone past my time today. <laughs> but that's okay because I really believe that this is something important that God wants us to grasp. And I just want to pray for us that God would open our hearts to his word and to his promises and that we could rest in full confidence and trust in who he is. So I'm going to pray and we're going to sing for just a moment and then we're going to close out today. So, Lord Jesus, I come before you right now. God, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you that you're faithful to your word. God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that this has nothing to do with the movement church. It has nothing to do with me on the platform, with a microphone. But, God, this has everything to do with you and what you want to speak directly to our hearts. God, I want you to have my whole heart. God, I want to trust you. And I know trust is not always easy, so God, I need your help. So God, I come before you right now. Lord Jesus, I just fix my attention on who you are. God, as a church, we fix our attention on who you are and what you want to speak to us this morning. And I just thank you, God, that you're leaning in close and reminding us of your faithfulness in Jesus' name. And I just want to take this last moment that we have together, and, and I want to talk to some of you in the room who... Maybe your next act of trusting God is just simply saying yes to following him. You know, a relationship with Jesus is, is not a feeling, and it's not just a good vibe. There's actually a moment and a decision that we have to make that says, I realize that I've been trying to do things on my own. And I'm going to surrender, which means I'm going to give up trying to do it on my own. And I am going to trust God. And so maybe some of you in the room, maybe your next act of just learning to trust God is simply saying yes to following him. 
And I just want to take a moment, and I want to pray with you. And I'm not going to ask anyone in this room to get out of your seat. I'm not going to ask you to pray out loud. But I want to take a moment, and if you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, to allow him to be in the driver's seat of your life, if you've never made that decision before, today is your day. I promise you, you can count on him. And I want to invite everyone in this room just to take a moment and bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're here today and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Just quietly in your own heart, in your own mind, this is between you and God. And just pray this simple prayer. Dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. Will you forgive me? Today I make a decision to follow you. And all around the room, if that's you, and this is the decision you're making today, whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you just let these words be the cry of your heart? Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.